Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word of the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. It is December the 6th, Tuesday, uh, 2022. And um, yeah, a little surprise uh, Tuesday podcast. Um, those that uh, kind of follow along know that for the last few weeks on Tuesdays, I have a men's Bible study in the morning. So that kind of complicates it for me being um, in the on in the podcast and um so not not usually on on tuesdays but um the way it happened this week is my family came in from louisiana and so i had some guys cover for me in the bible study this morning and so it made it possible for me to be here since obviously i shoot this uh from my house so it's a lot easier um so anyway yeah so we're able to continue on um we have one more week with the uh, morning uh, men's Bible study. I think is the final one will be next Tuesday. So I will miss one more Tuesday. Um, next Tuesday I'll be out. Uh, but then after that we'll be back good to go. Well, welcome everybody. So glad you guys uh, found it. A little surprise, I know. Um, most of you who've been following along know that we've been missing Tuesdays, but not today. We're on on Tuesday today. So, um, and uh, we'll continue continue right on with our uh, our Advent readings through uh, the study that we're using to help us kind of walk through the season entitled uh, Advent for Everyone, looks like that, Advent for Everyone by uh, N.T. Wright. And um, this uh, particular devotional is based on the Gospel of Luke. So all the readings are from uh, the Gospel of Luke. Yeah, and today's is from Luke chapter fifteen. Well, great to have you guys on. Let's uh, let's do it. You know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. Let's see what the Lord has to say to us today. The parable of the lost sheep and lost coin, Luke chapter fifteen, verses one through ten. I love this passage. All the tax collectors and sinners were coming close to listen to Jesus. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? People that were nothing like Jesus liked Jesus. <laughs> People who were nothing like Jesus liked Jesus. They were interested. The Pharisees and the legal experts were grumbling. They didn't like that. They didn't like all these sinners and tax collectors all up, all up in their business. So the Pharisees and the legal experts were grumbling. Now, legal experts, this isn't like uh, civil law. This is like uh, religious law, Jewish law. So the legal experts were grumbling. This fellow welcomes sinners, they said. He even eats with them. It was considered uh, it would contaminate a clean person to eat with an unclean person, and tax collectors and sinners were considered unclean. You don't want to be hanging around with that riffraff. So the Pharisees and the uh, religious uh, lawyers, they weren't happy about it. 
So Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep, he said, and you lose one of them. What will you do? Why, you'll leave the 99 out in the countryside, and you'll go off looking for the one until you find it. And when you find it, you'll be so happy. You'll put it on your shoulders and come home, and you'll call all for your friends and neighbors in. Come and have a party, you'll say. Celebrate with me. I've found my lost sheep. Yeah, that's the truth. Or suppose a woman has... 10 drachmas, a coin, and loses one of them. What will she do? Well, she'll light a lamp, sweep the house, and hunt carefully until she finds it. And when she finds it, she'll call all of her friends and neighbors in. Come, have a party, she'll say. Celebrate with me. I've found my lost coin. Well, let me tell you, that's how glad God's angels feel when a sinner, single sinner, repents. Hmm. That feeling of, uh, of that when something has, that has been lost is found, that excitement, that relief, that, uh, that uh, joy, um, that's the feeling the angels of heaven have when a single sinner um, repents. That's how heaven felt when you repented, when you turned to Christ. Whether you did that as a child, whether you did that last week as an adult, um, or maybe the way uh, the angels will one day respond when you choose to repent and follow Christ. But they rejoice. There's joy in heaven. I, I had the privilege of sharing this exact verse with someone not too many weeks ago. It was uh, after one of our worship services, and um, she had a, um, she was ready to give her life to Christ, and a friend of hers said, kind of told me as much, and said, um, would it be okay if, if, you, if she uh, gave her life to Christ today? <laughs> I was like, no, you can't do that today, not today. I was like, of course, of course, yes, yes, yes. So talked with her and knelt at the altar with her, and she had a Bible that had been given to her as a little girl. Uh, it was worn, and I think it was from her, her mother. and um, and she brought it up to the altar with her, and we, we knelt there, and we just had a word of prayer and asked God to forgive sin and to uh, cleanse us and renew and to give her a new life and to come into her life and to guide her and direct her and uh, give her peace. And then after we finished praying, she had the, the Bible that her mom had given her, the old Bible there. I said, can I, can I show you a verse? In this old Bible that was given to you by your mom, I think her mom passed when she was very young. And so it was a treasured, treasured article um, item for her. She said, sure. So I turned to Luke chapter 15, and I literally pointed to this verse. Um, verse 10, that all the angels of heaven are rejoicing with her right now. Um, that's what I told her. I said, you know what? All the angels of heaven, you've just fulfilled this verse. <laughs> you didn't even know it was in there, but you've just fulfilled, fulfilled this verse. When you turned your life to Christ, you need to know that all of heaven is rejoicing with you. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. Let's see what N.T. Wright has to say about these verses. We had just moved 
We had just moved house to a dream location, quiet, secluded, at the end of a road near a lake. Everything seemed peaceful. Then on the first Sunday night, or first Saturday night we were there, all chaos broke loose. Loud music, amplified voices, making announcement, cheers, fireworks, all going on well into the small hours, keeping our, keeping our young children awake. We were appalled. Was this going to be happening every weekend? Where was the noise coming from? Why had nobody told us about this before we bought this house? In the morning, the explanations came. No, it wasn't a regular occurrence. It would only happen once a year. It was the local yacht club's annual party, celebrating some great event in the sailing calendar. We returned to tranquility, but it left me thinking about how one person's celebration can be really annoying for someone else, <laughs> especially if they don't understand the reason for the party. Huh. Isn't that the truth? We used to have some neighbors in uh, Virginia Beach when we lived there. Uh, great neighbors. We loved our neighbors. But, man, they they throw some parties, man. And they were more than just once a year. And, uh, man, it was loud. They were right next door to us. And, man, they would go to the, to the uh, as N.T. Wright says, to the small hours of the night. <laughs> and uh, it's like, man, what is the occasion? It was usually someone's birthday or anniversary or some, you know, some something. And, uh, man, it was always a big party. The three parables in Luke 15 are told because Jesus was making a habit of having celebration parties with all the, quote, wrong people. And some others thought it was a nightmare. <laughs> so Jesus' party was a nightmare to some people, right? Because he's having a party with all the, wrong pe all, all the wrong people. All three stories are a way of saying, this is why we are celebrating. Wouldn't you have a party if it was you? How could we not? In and through them, all we in and through them, all we get, it's, this doesn't sound right, in and through them, all we get a wide open window on what Jesus thought he was doing. We get a wide open window on what, window on what Jesus thought he was doing, and perhaps on what we ourselves should be doing. So the parables kind of let us in on what Jesus was doing, what he was celebrating. You know, you, um, you know, there's a there's a rule in you know management and just culture is what gets celebrated gets repeated. Hmm, think about that for a second. That which you celebrate gets repeated. When you celebrate it, you elevate it. So if you celebrate a certain activity or you celebrate a certain conduct or you celebrate a certain win, then that speaks to the culture the people on that team, this is important. This is a value. This is something we want to see more of. What gets celebrated gets repeated. What gets celebrated gets elevated. And so when Jesus is celebrating like nothing else, the turning of, a, of one sinner uh, through repentance, and people are like, what are you celebrating? Well, this, one's, this, uh, if this thing that was lost, let me give you an example. Um, Suppose you have 100 sheep, you lose a sheep, you find it. Are you going to celebrate? Yeah. Uh, suppose you have uh, 10 coins and you lose uh, a coin. Um, are you going to celebrate when, that when you recover that coin that's worth a lot of money to you? Yeah. 
Jesus is giving us a window into why he's celebrating and how valuable um, repentance is. At the heart of the trouble was the character of the people Jesus was eating with on a regular basis. The tax collectors were disliked, not just because they were tax collectors, nobody much liked them in any culture, but because they were collecting money for either Herod or the Romans, or both. And nobody cared for them at all. They were working for the bad guys, <laughs> working for Herod or the Romans. And if they were in regular contact with Gentiles, some might have considered them unclean. The sinners, quote-unquote, are a more general category, and people disagree as to who precisely they were. They may have just been people who were too poor to know the law uh, to know the law properly, or to try to keep it, or to try to keep it. Certainly, they were people who were regarded by the self-appointed experts as hopelessly irreligious, out of touch with the demands of God, and the God's the God the commands that God had made on Israel through the law. So they're just you know they just were lower just lower lower crust you know, so uh, people that just couldn't keep up with the law didn't didn't have the education or the knowledge to uh, to do what God expected. They were just hopelessly irreligious, as uh, N.T. Wright puts it. Throughout the chapter, Jesus is not saying that such people were simply to be accepted as they stand. Hmm. Sinners must repent and renew their lives by becoming more closely attuned to God. Jesus has a different idea from the critics of what repentance means. For them, nothing short of adopting their standards of purity and law observance would do. For Jesus, when people follow him, and his way, that is true repentance. Wow. That's still true, man, right? Religious, <laughs> some of the most, uh, you know, some of the most judgmental and uh, hard to please people are religious people because they've set standards of repentance that Jesus didn't even set. Mm. That standards of repentance are something that is rem 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 uh, removed even from what Jesus taught. Their standards of repentance are higher than Jesus's. Jesus' standards of repentance are to, to turn, to follow him. It's more relational. It's more uh, having a relationship with Jesus. That's why sometimes people who are real religious don't even understand that terminology. What? Have a real what Christianity is about having a relationship with Jesus. Yeah, yeah. It's not about rules and regulations. Never has been. Jesus didn't come and preach rules and regulations. He came and preached himself. Follow me. He didn't say, hey, keep all these rules. He didn't come and hand out pamphlets with rules to keep. He came out and offered himself. He said, follow me. If you want to keep your life, if you want to save your life, if you want to be saved, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. He didn't say, hey, fill out, memorize this true-false question. <laughs> memorize this true-false questionnaire. He didn't say, hey, uh, you know, keep these top 10 commandments. No, he said, follow me. It's a relationship. And Advent is a reminder that the essence of a relationship with God, or the essence of, of faith, is a relationship with God, a relationship with God through Jesus. So we relate to God the Father by relating to Jesus by following him, by giving him our devotion, by, by giving him our following-ship, by following him. 
Throughout the chapter, Jesus is not saying that such people were simply to be accepted as they say. Oh, I read that. Um, da, 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 da. For Jesus, when people follow him in this way, that is true repentance. And he doesn't say so in and he doesn't say so in so many words, but I think it's there by implication. The Pharisees and legal experts themselves need to repent in that way. Hmm. Wow. Righteous persons who don't need to repent. Uh, let's see. Righteous persons who don't need to repent. Indeed. Verse 7. So he's saying, what N.G. Wright is pointing out, is like the righteous people are, are some of the ones that need to repent the most. Because there's there's a void of relationship. There's a lot of religious rules and regulations, but there's a void of true relationship with God through Jesus. It's become cold and sterile. Trying to say a sentence with a smile and a question mark in your voice, and you will, I think, hear what Jesus intended. The point of the parable is then clear. This is why there's a party going on. All heaven is having a party. The angels are joining in, and if we don't have one as well, we'll be out of tune with God's reality. Hmm. All of the angels of heaven are celebrating. God is celebrating. And if we aren't celebrating the, re the return of a repentant sinner, then we're missing out. We're not in tune with the heartbeat of God. Hmm. When, the, when, the loud, when, the, when the noises that are created by lost sinners coming home, uh, start to annoy us, <laughs> then, then, we, then we've lost touch with the, with the, with the song God's playing. We, we're, we come out of tune. We, we've changed the station on what God is up to. It's interesting. Um, yeah. And what does that mean? It means you've got to become comfortable with the language. You've got to be comfortable with the, with the people and their hang-ups and their messes and their questions and their doubts and their struggles and their fears and the messiness of repentance. Uh, it's not nice and tidy and clinical. It's messy. And whenever we, whenever we lose our, our, um, our appetite for that, whenever we start to get frustrated or um, resent that, just be careful, because you, when we do, and, and I, I've been there too, you get tired, you get, you, you just make it cleaner, make it easier, <laughs> but it never is, because human beings, we, you and me, we are messy people, man, you know, we, 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 we do some amazing things, we do some dumb things, come on now, you know, it's the truth, you do some beautiful things, you do some things you wish you wouldn't have done, why would another human being be any different? And why would the, the process of repentance be any, why should we even expect it to be clean and tidy? No, it's messy, man. But, as, but when that process is happening, when a sinner is, repents, there's, there's nothing that brings more joy to the heart of God than that. That delight that a son or daughter, a lost son or daughter is coming home. It's beautiful. And we, wanna, we want that kind of thing to always stir our hearts. And maybe, maybe this Advent, that's maybe something you've lost. Maybe you've lost the, the love for seeing someone far from God come home. Maybe you, you become so comfortable in the, in the household of God, you, 
you get frustrated by the noise of the party. <laughs> oh, man, just, you know, make it comfortable for the church folk. <laughs> just make it comfortable for the church folk. Don't worry about all. Nah, man. And maybe this uh, Advent season is reminding, nah, remember, remember what, what God celebrates. And what he celebrates, he wants repeated. What he celebrates, he's elevating. What he's celebrating, he's elevating. And he, ce he celebrates nothing. He celebrates nothing like he celebrates the lost sinner who repents. So he wants us to repeat that and to elevate that and to always keep that at the forefront of our hearts and values. In the story of the sheep and the coin, the punchline in each case depends on the Jewish, Jewish belief that the two halves of, halves of God's creation, heaven and earth, were meant to fit together and be in harmony with each other. If you discover what's going on in heaven, you'll discover how things were meant to be on earth. That, after all, is the point of praying that God's kingdom will come on earth as it is in heaven. For as far as the legal experts and the Pharisees were concerned, the, uh, the closest you could get to heaven was in the temple. The temple required strict purity from the priest, and the closest that non-priests could get to copying heaven was to maintain a similarly strict purity in every aspect of life. But now, Jesus was declaring that heaven was having a great, noisy party every time a single sinner saw the light and began to follow God's way. If earth dwellers wanted to copy the life of heaven, they'd have to have a party too. That's what Jesus was doing. Ooh. And that's beautiful. You want to copy what Jesus is doing, man. Party when a sinner comes home. Yeah. It's, you know, if you want to bring, if you want to bring heaven to earth, throw a party. <laughs> uh, isn't that beautiful? He says, you know, the religious people think, you know, bringing heaven to earth is about just instituting these strict religious laws and purity laws and expectations. And N.T. Wright is suggesting, now, if you really want to bring heaven, what's happening in heaven to earth, then you need to throw a party. You need to be partying and celebrating the things that Jesus is partying and celebrating. That's what Jesus is doing. That loud noise, that don't get, don't get upset or frustrated by the loud noise. Embrace it. Here's some thoughts for reflection. Do you or your church need to find more sources of renewal? What might need to change in order for you to become more closely attuned to hearing and doing God's will on earth as it is in heaven? Wow. I think sometimes we even think about, you know, doing good deeds or good works as bringing God's... Um, and, and, there's, and there's value in it, right? The idea of like, let's, let's do a bunch of good things in the community, and that's bringing heaven to earth. And certainly some truth to that. But the truest, the truest uh, representation of heaven on earth is when there's a party, <laughs> a party over a lost son or daughter who comes home. That is heaven on earth, because that's what's happening in heaven, celebration, rejoicing, partying. That's why God sent, uh, he didn't send a priest or a religious expert. He sent a Savior. He sent a Savior. 
so that lost sons and daughters could come home, could be forgiven. Wow, that's a stirring, stirring thought this morning. So I'm glad, I'm so glad we could share it together. See, God works things out, man, where we can share these things together. So praise the Lord for that. I've enjoyed uh, being able to read this with you guys and, and share it with you. Man, beautiful, beautiful. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. All right, you guys, let's pray. Let's pray. Thank you so much for being on today. Lord, thank you so much for your holy word. Thank you for reminding us again of what lights up heaven, and that is uh, when one lost sinner repents. Lord, thank you for the day that heaven was lit up for us. Thank you that your heart beats for our salvation as well. And God, help us to never lose the, uh, the desire to celebrate that, the desire to rejoice in that. Uh, God, help us to see people with the eyes that you see, not as a problem, not as, a, not as disposable, but as a son and daughter that's lost, that is missing, that needs to be brought home. And may, we, uh, may, our, may, our, may our heart uh, find the rhythm of your heart and, uh, and beat for what you uh, beat for and celebrate the things that you celebrate. God, we, we love you. We thank you for this season that gives us the opportunity to be reminded of so many of these important truths and realities. And we pray that we would imp implement them and live them out. God, help us to celebrate those things that you want elevated uh, for your glory and your honor. Lord, bless my friends this morning, whatever they have going on, whatever is happening in their lives, whatever they need, they need strength or encouragement, blessing, care, whatever they need, Lord. May you surround it, surround them and give them exactly what they need. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, God bless you today. Thank you so much for being on this kind of surprise edition of the podcast. Thank you for taking a minute to s share this. You might, somebody might need to know that they are dearly loved by God and that they, that uh, as a lost son or daughter, they, uh, they matter to God. So take a minute to share this. Or maybe there's another Christian out there that needs to be reminded of what is important to God. So take a minute to share this. You never know whose life uh, this might touch, who might stumble upon this, and hear something from God's Word that really speaks to them. So take a minute to do that. Thank you for sharing it. Thank you for liking all those things. Really appreciate that stuff, man. It really makes a difference. You guys are awesome. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll be back at it tomorrow morning, bright and early, same time. You guys on the podcast, enjoy your day. Thanks for jumping on. Love you guys. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends. You can find me, Pastor Terry, and Bayside Church on all social media platforms. You can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.